Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. We're talking about spiritual manifestations by precept and example. We will continue along those lines this evening. So I can ask that you continue to be respectful and in deep reverence concerning the things of God, the moving of His Spirit. As we teach God's Word and then, by example, instruct also concerning the manifestations of the Spirit. Our Father, we thank You for Your Holy Word. We thank You for the Spirit to unveil its deep, rich meaning to our hearts, for quickening us according unto Your Holy Word, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. I give You thanks. Thank You that we are doers of Your Word and not hearers only. In Jesus' precious name, Amen. 1 Corinthians 14, 14, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Once a believer has been, born, once a believer has been Spirit-filled and has spoken with other tongues, it is absolutely essential and necessary that that person be immediately taught the purpose of tongues, and also the importance of exercising this manifestation of the Spirit in their daily life. It's absolutely important and necessary that the individual be taught the purpose of tongues and also be taught the importance of speaking with other tongues in their daily life. We said there is a twofold purpose of tongues. There is the private side to tongues, and there is also the public side, or the public use. We said the primary purpose of tongues is the private. Because we find in the Scriptures that all can speak with other tongues, but all do not speak with other tongues publicly. That is, giving messages with other tongues. So we establish the fact that tongues primarily is a devotional gift purpose to, number one, if you haven't written these things down, then write them down. Number one, to enable us to communicate with God supernaturally. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries or divine secrets. So the primary purpose of other tongues, once again, its primary use, is in our daily devotional prayer life for the purpose of, number one, communicating with God supernaturally. Number two, building ourselves up spiritually, found in verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, or builds himself up, instructs himself, teaches himself, 
we see here we have a means of supernatural edification, or charging up or building up. Well, if the person's not spirit-filled and does not speak with other tongues, how's he going to be charged up spiritually? Built up. Good question. Number three is found in, in verse 17. And here it says, For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. And it's talking about speaking with other tongues to give thanks well to the Father, which is what we demonstrated here tonight in praying over the offering. We verily gave thanks well to the Father with other tongues. Now, those who occupy the seat or the room of the unlearned, they may not understand that, so that, therefore they wouldn't be edified or built up. Well, when you pray with other tongues, you're built up and you're edified. You're edifying yourself and you're giving thanks well to God. We understand that. So it operates by faith and by faith we know what we did. And because we occupy the seat of the learned or the taught, then thank God, I know I gave thanks well to my father. He was well pleased with it. I'll be quite frank with you. It was refreshing not to hear the same kind of prayer. Can you say amen to that? I said, can you say amen to that? But see, once again, we have to exercise faith in these things. Believing that that scripture is true. All right, number four. We'll do it quickly here. It's found in Romans 8. Not too far back. Go to Romans 8. And its purpose also is to assist us in our prayer life. To assist us in our prayer life. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we, ought, we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knows what's the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we see here then, as we pray in the Spirit, yield to the Spirit, groan in the Spirit, we number one, pray in God's will. We number two, pray for the unknown. Some things that we may not even be uh, informed about. We can pray for the unknown as we pray in the Holy Ghost. And also, and most importantly, we could keep selfishness out of our prayers. You know, bless me, bless our congregation, bless our offerings, bless this, bless that. But thanks be to God, if we pray in the Holy Ghost, we prayed the perfect prayer, gave thanks well, and there was no selfishness in it. That's good. It's good there was no selfishness in it. Amen? Because if you think about it, oh Lord, help me, most of our praying, a lot of our praying is really selfish prayers. Praying for ourselves. And, you know, I guess we should. Nobody else is going to pray if we don't. <laughs> Amen. Oh, well. Five. We'll move on. Ephesians chapter five. Praying in the Holy Ghost, singing in the Holy Ghost enables us to maintain a spirit-filled life. Now, these things are not just to be written down and say, well, I took notes on that and I know exactly what that says. They're supposed to be appropriated in our lives. See, if we'll appropriate these things, we'll be blessed. We'll be edified. We'll be able to pray accurately concerning some things that otherwise we would have no understanding about how to pray or what we should pray for. Uh, we'll be built up and charged up spiritually. That means a spiritual edification. Now, notice this here. In verse 18, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, 
speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody heart in your heart to the Lord. Now, we see here that he's talking about maintaining a spirit-filled life, being drunk in the spirit. And that's exactly what God so desires for all of our lives. But he tells us how to do it. Speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And the Bible says back there in 1 Corinthians, we can speak to ourselves in tongues. We can do that. We can sing to ourselves. Paul says, I will pray in the Spirit. I will sing in the Spirit. And so we can do that. And the more we do that, the more we will be charged up or built up spiritually. You say, how does that work? Well, how does weightlifting work? How does uh, running work? How does aerobics, how, how does that work? How does anything work when it comes to exercise? If we exercise ourselves, then we build ourselves up. We get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. How does the development of our mind take place? As we educate our minds, you know, we have a, a, a greater potential for learning. We can develop our, our ability to memorize things if we so desire. If not, we can become a couch potato. Do nothing. Sit there and watch the tube, you know, and educate ourselves with all the advertisements, you know. And everything else that is not real. Amen. Well, our spirit man can be developed also. And you know what? It's time we start realizing that these things shouldn't be foreign to us. We are spirit-filled believers. And these things are things that we should understand and we should know. Our spirit can be developed. And the more we pray in the Holy Ghost and sing in the Spirit, the more sensitive we come to spiritual things and the stronger our spirit man gets. And the forces of the recreated human spirit become greater, a greater influence in our lives. Amen? So that's another one. Also, in Isaiah chapter 28, I try to keep these together, but there's no way you can get Isaiah close to Ephesians. So let's go on back to Isaiah chapter 28. This is just information, some things we need to know. Because faith cometh how? By hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so we have to have faith in what tongues will do for us. How are we going to get faith in what tongues will do for us? By finding out what the Word says about it. And when we find out what the Word says about it and say, well, it doesn't matter what my mind says or what anybody else says. What matters is what God's Word says. And if, if I do what God's Word says, then I'm going to reap the, you know, the results or the benefits thereof. And in verse 11, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his, this people to whom he had, he had said... This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. So we see here that as we pray in the Holy Ghost, we can take spiritual rest and refreshing. So once again, tongues we see is a private, it's a gift in our private prayer life, is a devotional gift that will help us also to be refreshed spiritually. So not only are we built up, charged up, and, and kept in the Spirit, if we become weary... Then if we yield ourselves to praying in the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues, then we can find spiritual rest and refreshing. James chapter 3 is one I know that we will all love. Every single one of us. I don't know if any of us are guilty of misusing the tongue. I don't know about you, but I certainly do know about me. 
And I thank God that we, He has mercy and that we're on our way. But you find out here in verse 8 that the tongue, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil and it's full of deadly poison. Well, if that be the case, and we know that the tongue is so situated among our members that it can defile the whole body, I can understand why that the first manifestation of the Spirit was to grab a hold of this tongue of ours and help us tame it. Amen? I mean that. Seriously. It's amazing. The first manifestation of the Spirit in the life of the believer who is Spirit-filled is to speak with other tongues. Not only to produce a universal language within the body of Christ, but I believe also to help us to control our tongue. Because the more we pray in other tongues, the more we are aware of His abiding presence within and therefore refrain or restrain ourselves from misusing our tongues. So we see this is another purpose. People say, well, what value you know, do tongues have? Well, this is important. We all want to learn how to bridle our tongues. And this is one way. It's not the only way, but this helps. And so thank God for the help that He gives. Think about it. If He didn't help us, who's going to help us? Thank God He does help us. And He has given unto us of His Spirit... And we can pray in the Holy Ghost and use our tongue properly. And another one. Let's look at uh, Jude. In the book of Jude. And chapter, or verse 20. There's only one chapter. Jude 20. Jude 20. Now notice this is something that we do ourselves. But ye, beloved... Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. How do we stimulate faith? Sometimes I know that we've all recognized the need to have a greater force behind our faith. Isn't that so? It's not that you don't know the Word. And it's not that you don't know how to confess your faith. But it's just, if it was just a little bit more forceful. Well, here, this stimulates faith. This is building ourselves up on our most holy faith. So you can say, in the name of Jesus, I'm free. Or you can build yourself up to the point that there's a great powerful force generated within your spirit. And you can speak out with authority and power. And this enables us to do that. It helps us in doing this. And that's why it's important that we give ourselves to praying in the Holy Ghost for long periods of time. I remember some, you know, some time ago just talking with some individuals and they were just saying, well, I never really gave myself over to praying in the Holy Ghost more than a few moments that we pray in church or you know, maybe uh, driving in, a, in the car just for a couple of minutes or something like that. Well, beloved, it's essential and very important that we give more attention and more time to praying in the Holy Ghost. If we want to develop spiritually and be built up spiritually and contact the realm of the Spirit, and if we want to build ourselves up on our most holy faith, it is absolutely essential that we employ the things that God has provided for us. See, we're wanting God to do something for us, and He says, I've given you the means. This is how you do it. And so, it is up to us to build ourselves up on our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. And once again, 
Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We should say, Father, I'm just going to take about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or half an hour right now. It's 1 o'clock to 1.30. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost and build myself up on my most holy faith. What you've done now is mixed faith with it. See? And when you got done at the end of the half hour, what does faith say? Oh, I thank you, Father God. I'm built up on my most holy faith. You might find after 20 minutes you may enter into another round with God. Some other things could take place. Some other things can happen. But you see, the point is they're not going to happen if we don't give ourselves over unto them. Next. Next verse. Verse 21. It's also a purpose to help keep us in the divine love of God. We don't need help doing that, do we? Love walks, you know, just easy to master. You know, we live in a world where people do not rub us the wrong way. Everybody's absolutely, totally cooperative. And they see things the way we see things. And so, since we live in such a loving, kind world, we don't really need this. It's easy to keep in the love of God, isn't it? Where you work, the boss is a gem. Charming fella. <laughs> Never raises his voice or cusses at you or anything like that. Pat you on the back for every good and bad thing you do. That's okay. It only costs $50,000. No, my brother and sister, we need to keep ourselves in the love of God. And here is one way. Once again, it's meditating in the love chapter, meditating in the Word of God, but also praying in the Holy Ghost. You say, but I do that and it doesn't work for me. But are you mixing faith with it? Father, I'm just going to pray in the Holy Ghost. And as I pray in the Holy Ghost, I believe I will sense your love rising up big with inside my heart. Because that's a need in my life right now. There is so much that praying with other tongues does in the individual life of the believer. Once again, unless we study these things out and mix faith with it, we'll never experience those things. I think that it's been difficult for most Pentecostals to recognize and realize the full dimension of tongues. To really understand the full spectrum. To know just how much it does for us in our daily life. I think there's also been that tendency for people to think that tongues' primary purpose is in public use. For public usage. And, and that's not the case. That you get worked up to a frenzy. You know what I mean? You're, you're there in that service and you just, you know... Now, my goodness, you're just getting goosebumps on top of your goosebumps and hair standing straight up. And all of a sudden, you know, just give out that message. And that's not the case. Thank God for it. You know, it's, it's a blessing if you use that way. But that's not the primary purpose or the primary use of other tongues. There's more that, that the Bible talks about in private devotional use than in public use. And I think that that's where many missed it. And consequently did not give themselves over unto praying with other tongues as they, as they should. All right, next, number 10, is found in First well, Corinthians 14, 14. Let's back, go back to there because we want to comment on something else. But First Corinthians 14, 14 again, and we commented about this last week. We, we will reiterate the point. Praying with other tongues opens up the door to the supernatural. Now, notice this scripture. For if I pray in an unknown tongue or in a tongue... Obviously, it's not unknown to God. We know that that's italicized. It's been added. Notice this next part. My spirit prayeth. My spirit prayeth. And what, I'm, what I mean by this, it opens up the door to the supernatural. If there is a means whereby we can get our spirit man activated. I know how to get my body going. 
Anybody have any problem getting your mind wandering and running? Just sit down in a chair somewhere and start thinking about all the things you have to do in the course of the day. It'll do it. It'll start going. Just get your feet, pick one up, put the other one down. You'll get to running. You can get your body in motion. But when the Bible says there is a definite way that we can activate the forces of our recreated human spirit, that our spirit man can become, let's say, to a place where it is interacting with the spirit of God, then it is of utmost importance that we recognize that this is happening. We are activating our recreated human spirit and its forces. We are pressing into the realm of the Spirit as an act of our will. Our Spirit is in vital contact with the Holy Spirit. Interaction takes place. And we are pressing in to another dimension in God and with Him. I have spent times, at times, hours just walking back and forth right here, just like this, with no one being here, and just began praying in the Holy Ghost. Yes, it was dry as it can possibly be at the beginning. Yes, my mind wandered, just like everybody else's mind wanders. And so what do you do when your mind wanders? Well, sometimes if your mind wanders and thoughts keep, you know, going back to what you're thinking about or something that you think you have to get done throughout the course of a day, get out your pencil or pen, get a piece of paper and write that thing down. Write it down. I have to do this today. Write it down, put it right there where you know you've taken care of it. Because the moment you wrote that thing down, now you know you won't forget. And now that you know you won't forget, your mind can go back to concentrating on what you're doing in your prayer life. And also, there's no temptation for the devil to come and bring something else back up regarding that because you're settled. See, it does something inside you. I'm settled in this now. I know that that's going to be taken care of. There it is. And go right on back to praying. And if you see something else that you need to get done throughout the course of that day and you're warring with it and you don't want to forget it, do the same thing. Go back over and write that same thing down. You see, what that does, it ensures you that you'll get that job done and you don't spend the rest of your prayer time wandering about it and being concerned about it and messing up everything that you're doing over here in the spirit. And so once you've taken care of that, you're well satisfied that there's, there isn't anything else of, of tremendous importance. If it gets done, it gets done. If not, it can wait. That's fine. Then go on with your praying. And as you go back into that realm of the Spirit in prayer, and you're, you know, you're focusing in on what you're doing. And I've had this happen countless times in prayer. That it's almost as if you leave this realm or leave this dimension and you enter into the realm of the Spirit. And that's what I mean about opening up the door to the Spirit. You become more conscious of spiritual things than you are of even natural things that are around you. Now, we recognize and realize that the Spirit is easily grieved. And sometimes that creates difficulty when it comes to our private prayer life. And that's why I believe Jesus says, go find yourself a closet somewhere and go pray between yourself and God. That's why I believe Jesus went under the stars many times out in the wilderness somewhere to go pray. Because He was always, you know... Uh, having people to come to him and, and talk to him and, and interrupt what he was doing. And I believe that's why he prayed at night was because everybody else was sleeping and he figured this is the best time that I can really get alone with the Father God. 
Notice, he's no different than what we were. Throughout the course of the day, with all the things that we have to do, we lead busy lives, etc., etc. Sometimes the best time I find even to do my own study is about 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, and you can just sit there in the quiet of the night, and you're just there before the Lord, and you can, you know, collect your thoughts, etc., etc. So, we have our own practices, I understand that, our own habits, our own spiritual habits, too. But I'm just saying, beloved, that when you do this, and you recognize these truths concerning speaking with other tongues, it's not something that you've got to get worked up into. See, it's not something that you've got to be in a service to get worked up into. It is something that we're going to have to recognize is an active part of our everyday lives. And if we'll yield ourselves to it, it will develop. We'll develop this gift that God has provided for us, this manifestation of the Spirit. And as we do so, it opens up the door to that realm of the Spirit where other manifestations of the Spirit can occur in our lives. The potential is there for these things to happen in every spirit-filled believer's life. But it's going to happen in our lives, let's say, more often. When we give ourselves over unto it in our daily devotional time. See, you may not run a race all the time, but you're going to spend a lot of time in exercising and practicing for that race. And then you enter into it. Well, the same thing is true when it comes to spiritual things. That special manifestation that particular manifestation may not occur all the time, but you exercise yourself and you, you know, continue in, in praying and singing and worshiping because that puts you in the position where you become a prime candidate for these things to happen in your life. And then it's as the Spirit of God wills that other things begin to occur. So remember, beloved, it's not apart from us. It's only going to happen as we sow into these things. You're not going to reap where you haven't sown. But when you sow certain things, you're going to reap certain things. And if we'll sow, this is like the sowing process. Speaking to ourselves, singing to ourselves in other tongues, in daily devotional time, opens up this realm of the Spirit to us. And the more obedient we are to do it, then there's going to be more spiritual activity taking place within our lives. Now, let's go to verse 13. We want to very quickly look over this and then we want to then begin to do it by example. In verse 13, the Apostle Paul, writing, said, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Now, the interpretation of tongues is a supernatural showing forth of what was uttered in other tongues. And once again, this is by the Spirit of God. There is also a twofold purpose. And we have to realize that. And very often we get caught up in thinking that the second one is more important than the first. And that's not true. Number one, there is the private use of this gift, this manifestation. Sometimes I think we uh, make a mistake in thinking that these are just gifts. Well, this is a gift that you have. This is a gift that I have. I like saying manifestations. Because when we say manifestations, we understand that manifestations are the Spirit of God manifesting Himself in all of our lives. It's not that this one has the gift that I don't have. No, these are manifestations of the Spirit of God. Thank God we can call them gifts because the Spirit of God is a gift. But the Spirit of God manifesting Himself in certain ways within our lives. And some people think, well, that can't happen in my life. If you're Spirit-filled, yes, it can. And right here, he's talking about if you are Spirit-filled and pray with tongues. We are to, all of us, pray that we may interpret. Number one, in our private devotional prayer time. That's where this gift is primarily used. 
not everybody will be able to interpret publicly. And let's make note of this. Whether it's tongues or interpretation of tongues in public use, it's not another gift of the Spirit. It is another manifestation of the same gift. That is not another gift of the Spirit. It's another manifestation of the same gift. So that means if you do pray with tongues and speak with tongues, then you become also a prime candidate to be used this other way. Do you see that? Now, he's not going to use everybody because it says as he wills. But that doesn't mean not everybody's going to be able to speak with tongues and interpret. You are. But where? Where primarily? In our own private devotional life. And how is that going to benefit us? Well, number one, we're going to know what we're praying about. And that's good. Because when you know what you're praying about, Number two, you can be edified. If you don't know what you're praying about, you'll be built up. But you may not have the information of what you're praying about. You're not going to know exactly what you're praying about. And it may take a while for you to find out or figure it out or whatever. You may never figure it out or find out what you're praying about, but something, you, know, you know something good is going to happen. But you're edified in knowing what you've been praying about because when you face that particular situation, you can say, I've already got the answer. I was driving down a car going to, to, to school and I started praying in tongues. And all of a sudden, this... How do I want to say, I want to say it this way? It seemed like a greater anointing came upon me. And when the greater anointing came upon me, I yielded to it and continued praying with other tongues. And before I knew it, I found myself interpreting... How do you interpret? You started speaking out by the unction of the Holy Spirit my son's life and certain things about my son's life. And at the time, B.J. was not born. I did not know that that's what I was praying about. I had not an inkling. I wasn't praying about that in English. I was just praying in the Holy Ghost. And thank God, I mean, he saw fit at that particular time to manifest himself in my life that way. And I went home and told my wife that we're having a boy and this, 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 and everything is okay. He'll be of a sweet spirit, and he certainly is of a sweet spirit, and some other things about his life. And I just, I'll be quite frank about it. It was just a blessing. I was edified. Thanks be unto God. You know why? That takes you beyond all the, the, the fears that Satan could to try to inject into your mind of giving birth to the child and all these things that could possibly happen. And it's just like you knew it, but thank God. As I prayed about it in the Holy Ghost, I got all that revelation. It was prayed out. I, I saw it clearly even, even before it happened. Now we see there a word of wisdom takes place. A word of wisdom singing into the future. And it's like I knew the f future just as well as I knew the past. Because it was of the Spirit. Now someone said, well I'm going to go home and do that because you know, my wife's going to have a baby. Well that's not necessarily going to happen. See, we, we don't do, I didn't try to make it happen. You don't try to make it happen. What do you do? You keep yourself as a prime candidate for these things to happen by doing what? I started in a car driving down the street praying and singing with other tongues. Well, did you turn some kind of a switch to make it happen? No, I didn't. There's only one thing we should do. You know what we should do? We should say, Father, you said in your holy written word, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue should pray that he may interpret. You're not going to tell me, Father, to pray for something that I cannot have? As your child, I ask you for this manifestation of your spirit in my life, and I thank you for it, and I bless you in it. And I expect it to be in manifestation within my life, because you're not a man to lie. You said to pray for it, and I believe you want me to have it. But where have we failed? Where have we missed it? People thought it was public. 
that it was for public usage primarily. And beloved, it is not primarily for public use. It is primarily for our daily devotional lives to benefit us in prayer and etc. All these things will, will, will help us. So thanks be unto God that we can contact that realm and also know by this gift of the interpretation of what we're saying some things that we're praying about. Now, it's not necessary that all things be interpreted. That's why we're not going to always have an interpretation about all things. Why isn't it? Because we're speaking unto God also. Divine secrets. And if we're speaking unto God divine secrets, then that's sufficient in itself. We don't have to know all those things. But praise God, if we'll give ourselves over unto this, yield ourselves to it, thanks be unto God that we can expect that the Spirit of God manifest Himself in this way within our lives so that we can benefit by that manifestation of the Spirit. Whether it be to tell you about your child that's going to be born, whether it be about you know, a certain thing that's going to take place within the church or within church work. And, and I've had that. I mean, I've, had, I've stayed right up here at the pulpit. You know, we, we'd be praying in here sometimes. You know, uh, Brother Chuck and now with Brother John on, on staff with us, you know, we'll come in here sometimes. And, you know, you're just praying out and just singing and worshiping and blessing. And there's nothing magical about that at all. You're just in there just singing. People think that just because you're in the office of a pastor or a youth pastor or an administrator or whatever, and the anointing of God is uh, upon you to stand in a specific office of ministry, that these things are just automatic. You just turn those things on and they just begin to occur. And that's not the case. We have to get before the Lord, just like anybody else does. We've got to put down thoughts and imaginations that come against and war against our minds. You know, we've got to focus in on the things of the Spirit. And then as we yield ourselves to uh, the Spirit of God and, and singing and praising and worshiping God and allow ourselves to enter deeper into that realm of the Spirit, then things occur. And I say the more we exercise ourselves in these things and give ourselves over unto these things, then the more manifestations we're going to have. If we don't give ourselves to these things, then, you know, we're going to have less times that these things occur within our lives. I say it this way, the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the more you're going to have. The less you pray in the Holy Ghost, the less you're going to have. And that includes all of us. Well, how do we get started? I'm glad you asked that. We start out in faith. That's how. Everybody say we live by faith. Say we walk by faith. See, it's all go, it all goes back to faith. This is how we get started. We look at all of what the, the Bible says that, that tongues will do. We find out here in that scripture that I have the right to pray for the interpretation and ask God for this manifestation. Obviously, he wants us to have it or he wouldn't say pray for it. And so, Father, by faith, I yield myself to what your word says. Jesus authorized my faith. Now, Jesus, you're also going to help me develop my faith along these lines. And make note of this. Just as a person develops fluency with his gift of tongues when he's first spirit-filled through exercise, through exercise and practice. Likewise, we develop accuracy when we yield ourselves to this manifestation of interpretation of tongues in our private devotional lives. Just as that person who just got spirit-filled develops fluency through practice and exercise, likewise, we develop accuracy. Meaning, you may start out in, this, in your private prayer life and start with a word that the Spirit gives you and speak out two or three words and then it just shuts down. 
And you kind of say, oh my goodness, what am I doing? This is foolishness. Well, it's not foolishness. Just as a person develops fluency through continued use, through exercise, we develop accuracy in interpreting what the Spirit is saying within our spirits. It's not something that the Spirit does apart from us or our lives or our cooperation. It is something that is developed within the believer's life as he or she gives himself or herself over to this working of the Spirit. Amen. And these things, my brother, and these things, my sister, are holy things that we're talking about. If we consider, or if we take them lightly and don't consider them to be holy things, you know what the Bible says about grieving the Spirit, about blaspheming the Spirit, and speaking against the working of the Spirit? That puts us in a dangerous position, doesn't it? See, we must consider these things to be holy things. And we must give ourselves over unto these things so that we can develop in them. And that's why I always say to people, if you don't understand tongues, interpretation of tongues, don't speak against it. Take a position at least that doesn't speak against it. Say, I may not understand it, and I'm open to it, but I will not speak against this work of God's Spirit. Now, let me explain something here about other tongues. And I want to tie in something that I had said quite some time ago about an individual who publicly began to, wanted to be used in this devotional gift. And... Of course, developing it in the devotional gift and then want to be used publicly. And sometimes this happens and some people get scared out because this does happen. Remember I told you about an individual who was uh, standing up to speak out. And as he began to speak out, either through tongues, interpretation of tongues or prophecy, he began to speak out how Abraham had led God's people out of Egypt and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Remember all that? Abraham led him out. He was just going on, thus saith the Lord, as Abraham led my people out of Egypt, etc. And he just kept going on and on and on and on and on. And then he finally got done. And he sat down and it got real quiet and everything. Then he stood back up and says, thus saith the Lord, I made a mistake. It wasn't Abraham that did it. It was Moses that did it. Well, see, these are the things that we're talking about. Now, I realized that when I was preaching one, one time, I said that Daniel did this with Potiphar's wife and whatever. But let's, let's realize this. See, here's where the misuse comes in. That was my mistake, which I corrected. And I did not stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. While I was preaching, I said, Daniel. See, that's a misuse. We, we, don't, we want to stay away from doing things like that. We want to learn from experiences like this here. Do you see that? We don't want to just do something, you know, and say, well, we're going to put this off on the Holy Ghost. No, I made the mistake while I was preaching, and I said Daniel instead of saying uh, Joseph. So that was my mistake. And that just shows us that, that the spirit of the subject is probably under the subject under the prophet. Meaning that this is not something that happens apart from us. We are capable of making a mistake because we are imperfect vessels through which the Holy Spirit is endeavoring to operate. But we don't want to correct ourselves or, or the state that we've made mistakes and by blaming it on God. See, the wrong of that was by standing up and saying, Thus saith the Lord, I made a mistake. Well, I've never known the Lord to make a mistake, have you? 
But because of that type of misuse, what happens is people shy off. And, oh, I don't want that. That'll be embarrassing unto me. You know, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Do you tell your child when you fall down for the first time, be embarrassed and never walk again or never try to walk again? No. No, we want them to continue. We want them to develop, etc. Well, the same thing is true here. I know that this is foreign unto a lot of people's minds. But you know what, beloved? It is time that the church of the living God become a spiritual organization. And that we give ourselves over unto these things that are valued and precious in the sight of the Lord. And we need to employ them in our lives, in our lifestyles, primarily in our personal lives. And then when we come together, yes, we'll have our psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and teaching and admonishing one another. And we'll have our interpretations and we'll have our tongues and prophecy, prophetic utterance. And we'll be used to giving ourselves, giving ourselves over unto these manifestations. And then what happens as we do our part in operating in these, which are termed as being the lesser gifts. And let's, let's use proper understanding when we say that. The gift that is needed at the moment is the greatest gift, whether it's tongues, interpretation of tongues or whatever. But we're just talking about the way they're listed and the way we see them, you know, that way that these are the lesser gifts because everyone starts out with this one gift called speaking with other tongues. Do you see that? But it, we have to have a beginning. We have to start somewhere. So this is where we start and then we yield ourselves and then we have six other manifestations of the Spirit that can be ours if we'll only take these things serious. Can you say amen? Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.